0: Hello and welcome back to this episode at the Peak Results Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with Christine Simpson. Now, Christine Simpson is a real estate agent with Royal LePage Real Estate Services Limited in Toronto, Canada. Now, she's been in the real estate business for over 30 plus years. She's attained the top 1% of all agents within Royal LePage Canada and is a lifetime member of the Chairman's Council with Royal LePage. Now, in 2018, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame for Royal LePage. Now, Christine's trademark brand, The Art of Real Estate, is synonymous with her style, elegance, and professionalism. She has built her business around her social network and is a classic example of niching into a particular area so that she can serve her clients to the best of her ability. Stay tuned for this amazing episode.
1: Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Everybody, Rich Fournier here for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm
0: your host, Rich Fournier, and today I'm really excited to have um, Christine Simpson with us. She is a, a very high-producing agent in the Toronto market with Royal Page. Um, she's had a, an, a very outstanding career in real estate in Toronto, and thank you so much, Christine, for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. Um, since this podcast is about creating a peak result in business and in life, I do want to talk about introduce or at least share a little bit about what you've accomplished over the past 30 years. And uh, I mean, you've been in top 1% of, out of 18,000 real estate agents with Royal LePage. Um, you're a lifetime member of the Chairman's Council with Royal LePage. Um, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame with RLP in 2018. Um, that's quite an accomplishment over 30 years. Thank you. Um, so very few people actually ever accomplish those types of numbers. And of course, this podcast is really trying to figure out Why has someone produced at the level that they're producing at? And that's really why I wanted to chat with you today. So thank you for being with us. Um, It is a strange time, however, we're in the midst of COVID or the tail end of COVID or the eye in the the storm of COVID. And um, um, how are you dealing with this insanity uh, in the Toronto market?
2: Um actually very well um physically my physical space I'm not well because I'm a very scheduled person and I've had to come home in 30 years of real estate I had never gone on MLS at home ever turned on a computer Um, I look at my house as my safe space when I'm home I love my husband and I want to dedicate my time to him And I don't want to be that agent who at 10 o'clock at night goes Oh my god, did someone slip a listing in and broker load and it's perfect for my client? Well, you know what at 10 o'clock at night? I can't do anything, but I can spend time with my family so uh, Being at home and going on MLS um, It's actually created a little bit of stress for me and anxiety because it is my safe spot and every time I walk by my dining room table, I go, oh my God, did I send that disclosure for the showing?" And, and then I go, no, go to the gym, keep your structure, keep your schedule.
0: You know, it's I, I get that. You know, we're up here in the very market. We are in real estate and, you know, I have three girls at home. Um, I have a retail space um, for my business and um, I'm by myself. There's no one here right now. So I've had to sneak out to come here because there's no way with three kids at home screaming and yelling, and that I can perform at a, at a certain level. So I, I definitely can relate to that.
2: I actually give tremendous credit to all the parents who are homeschooling at home. I just have this funny feeling that there are going to be huge Christmas presents for teachers this year.
0: You know, it's Parents
2: in- have learned a very interesting lesson.
0: We have. I mean, um, my girls are wonderful, but to educate and to help them um, go through the process has been, you know, very challenging um, for my wife and myself, mostly my wife. Um, cause so I'm still out doing the things that I need to do. Um, and, um, we have teacher clients, so I message them all the time saying, thank you for what you do. Gives me a newfound. No kidding. Now you've been in the business of real estate for, you know, 30 years now and, um, 30 years and four months, 30, oh no, who's, count,
2: who's counting. <laughs>
0: um, so maybe you don't mind sharing with us a little bit, how you got started in this game of real estate, because most people don't wake up and say, wow, I want to be a real estate agent
2: when they're young. Um, well, I wasn't young when I became a real estate agent, so there's, there's the first uh, twist. No, I was in the garment industry before I actually um, did fashion merchandising and sales in the garment industry and lived through the 80s, which was the best decade ever to be in the garment industry. I traveled extensively. I opened up clients in New York. Um, I spent a ton of time traveling and going back and forth to to Europe and across Canada, And just loved it and you know fell into all that fun stuff with studio 54 and craziness in the 80s it was a great life and then in 1987 I think it was free trade was announced and being a domestic company I went and sat in the beach in Portugal for 10 days in in the Algarve and I went oh my god free trade is going to kill the Canadian garment industry Um, so I came back I gave my employers two years notice And in 1989, I guess I was sort of unemployed. So I'm one of those people, I I do like my life and living and seeing the world. So I took some time off and popped back in and out of my office there and went, well, I've got to do something. And actually um, a friend dared me to go into real estate. And I said, well, I will do it. But fundamentally I'm lazy because if you can sell something, it's the old adage, if you can sell a refrigerator or you can sell a car, you can sell a dress. You can sell something. So um, on that dare, I said, well, if you think I'm going to be so good at this, why don't you enroll me in classes and pay for it? So they did. They enrolled me in Ryerson, which I could walk to. I was living in the annex at that point. So at that point, it was easy to be a realtor. You went to week one. You wrote the exam on Saturday, then you went to week two, and you did two weeks, and you wrote the exam, and then you went to week three, and you wrote the exam, and you became a real estate agent. So technically, you got your license. So then it was December, and I went, oh, oh my God, I am a bit of a social animal. I went, I don't really want to think about this now. So in January, the friend who dared me said, okay, we paid for your courses, you did stellar. Like, make Make some effort here. So I actually spent the month of January. I went around and um, interviewed with Royal Page, Kingsway National, um, who else? Uh, there were small brokerage brokerages. I have to. I can't remember the name. of Caldwell Bank or whatever. Anyway, I did my due diligence. I went around and I chatted. And a friend of mine from the garment industry actually said well, don't waste your time going to Johnston and Daniel because they don't hire new agents. Well, Mm -hmm. at that point, I decided I'm going to be a Johnston and Daniel agent because I don't care if they don't hire new agents, they're hiring me. So I called um, my main, all my friends and my peers. I'm not originally from Toronto. We're in the West End, Bloor West Village, High Park, Kingsway, um, that I grew up with in college and in the garment industry. And so I went, well, there's a Johnston and Daniel office out there, so I think I'll give them a call. So Judy Stacy, who was the manager then, answered the phone and um, said, well, I'm very sorry we don't hire new agents. And I, because I was older and had been in sales a long time, I, I um, pointed out to her that as a, as a manager, she didn't know who she was turning down. Perfect. And her job was to interview me. <laughs> so I got the interview. Um, she said, you know what, Christine, you're right. You do have a sales history and a background. She said, but you have to meet with Jamie Gardner. So I had breakfast with Jamie Gardner in Yorkville. And he said, yes, you can work at Johnston and Daniel, but you have to work in the West End. And I said, that's perfect. And that's how I ended up there. And of course, Rolla Page bought us in 1994. And so technically, I started with Johnston and Daniel, but I ended up at Rolla Page. So my full career technically has been with Rolla Page.
0: And you look back, and when you got started in 89, um, that was the start of an interesting time in the real well, estate. Well, it was
2: 1990, actually. February 13th, 1990, I walked into my first um, Johnston and Daniel meeting.
0: And it wasn't that the start of a little bit of insanity in the real estate market? That
2: was, I remember um, the older agents in the office saying things like, oh my God, we went to our cottage in Lake Kuchiching. Um, May 24th weekend on the Friday and we came back Tuesday, and it was like the tap turned off and I just that went, really? Right That was
0: 1989
2: May 1989 okay. and I went oh well I guess I'm gonna have to learn this but it was actually quite a great time to start in the business because um, We were still doing tear sheets back then and had the books, had the books. and they were just starting to do computerized MLS so I started with Treb on the computer, and that was really fantastic for me. You
1: know, When
0: you look back at over these years and the, tre- and the amount of change that's occurred in the business, now you can't call people, you can't do so many different things in terms of marketing. If you were to get started today, because I'm sure you cold-called people at the time, or maybe you door-knocked, or you had a circle of influence. Then. I
2: have never made a cold call in my life, and I have never door-knocked. I am a social marketer
0: wonderful so let's go there if you don't mind <laughs>
2: that is amazing you know because
0: i i, I moved up to an area in Barrie, ontario um didn't know a soul and if it wasn't for the internet there's no way i could have got started in this business without knowing anyone in this marketplace and i my entire everything i've done has been online um wow and you know that was a journey into itself, learning how to utilize the internet appropriately and using video to create digital personalities on the back end. And, and we did this without circle limits and three kids at home. So, I'm, But I couldn't imagine trying to build a social network and then trying to sell real estate inside of that social network. Like, how did, What was the process for you to get started in that do that?
2: Everything in life is timing. And it's funny when, when people come into my office, which they do a lot, a lot of the younger agents, and say, can we sit down and chat with you? I say, absolutely, not a problem. Um, and when someone comes to talk to me about getting into real estate, I ask them, where, where is your sphere of influence in their life today? Like my core sphere of influence, before I got into real estate, had already purchased their first home. So I was their trade-up agent. Whereas if someone's getting into real estate right now, let's say they're 50 years old and everyone's already in their probably second home and you're going to wait 10 to 15 years to trade them out of that home and downsize them. So I say, look at where your world is right now and the people around you. Um, What can you draw on? Like if you're a young agent and you know that, Everyone you went to university with or college or, or whatever is now starting to look for condos or first-time buys. That's a fantastic time in your life to be there and to start social marketing them because get out there, be with them, talk real estate, but do it in a soft sell way. Never, I, I was never a pushy person um, I was fortunate there's a small school in the west end of Toronto called Kingsway College School. And my closest friend, who I met the third week I moved to Toronto in 1974, was one of the founders of the school. And starting a school is an ominous um, job, and the school is well-acclaimed right now. It's a wonderful independent school. But back then, we did everything. Like, we showed up, we did the auctions, we did everything. And, And for someone like me, again, it was timing and luck that I met this whole core of parents that were all about getting their kids really well educated with the fundamentals. And I was at just at that school helping, you know, going to the lip sync contest, supporting the graduations because we only had 50 students to start. So that really spearheaded and some of my best clients have come from there and It all came from, they said to my best friend who they knew, they didn't really know me. They just knew me as, you know, Christine's friend, Christine type of thing, because her name is also the same as mine. And they said, do you think she would help us? Because I was an unknown. um, The West End of Toronto is really small and there's a million real estate, not a million, but there's thousands of real estate agents and they all went to the same high school. But it's a very private neighborhood as well and they wanted someone outside of the community and I was that person, yet I was giving back so much to that community. They all felt comfortable. I mean, the best compliment I ever got is one couple was looking for a house with me. We looked for five years to find their second trade-up house. And I was at a cocktail party at the school, and a whole bunch, of I'd sold them a house five years in, and uh, someone came up to me and said, oh my God, you didn't tell me that so-and-so was looking for a property and I looked at them and I went, well, that's why you will use me. Because I treat my business like a lawyer or a doctor would treat their business. It's no one's business, but theirs. And I always say it's, it's my client's story to tell, not mine.
0: So was there a formalized thought process for you to start working within this new circle of influence, right? Like, did you have, really strategize and say, I'm going to do this event, this event, this event, this event, and then I'm going to, um, like, how, how did, was there marketing, back-end marketing, or?
2: To- um, um, well, actually, the school really launched me, because every time they would do a big gala to raise money, um, they would put a thank you in the program to me for helping. Oh. And I didn't do any marketing, except I showed up. I'm a social marketer. People got to know me. People got to see me. They saw that, you know, at one point, 90% of the student body called me Annie Chris. Wow. And people always came up to me and said, you don't have children in the school and you don't have children. And like, thank you so much for everything you do. And I went, wow, like, I'm just doing it because I loved all the kids. I knew them all. At that point, you know, after a couple of years, a student body of 50, 75 kids, you know, every parent and every child.
0: I have a cha- one of my children are at private school and I can relate to the closeness that mm-hmm. we experienced. I'm
2: actually, today I have a closing on uh, one of the kids from that school that I met the parents in 1997 and followed that child through the school and I just, literally he's closing on his second house with me today.
0: Question on that note right there. How do you keep in contact with all of those people? Do you have a strategy inside there to do that? Because at this stage of the game, you've been around for so long, but there's thousands and thousands and thousands of agents now going after your database. Let's be honest, right? Always. so is there something you're doing right now in the back end? Because there's so much information, so many ways to keep it in contact with people, so many new websites that people log into, and then they get back end marketed and all these things. Like, how do you navigate that now?
2: Well, um, it's really going to be simple. It's going back, you know what they say in grade one, if you can put the puzzle pieces in the puzzle, it's there. One of my best things I've ever done in my life is invest in post-it notes. I send them out every, well, not this year because of COVID and you can't mail things out. They don't want mail. But uh, people call me up all the time and say, Christine, I'm running out of your Post-it notes. And I drop them off a package. It's, I, it, to me, if I had to invest in one thing, it would be Post-it notes. <laughs> it, it, as simple as it is. I yeah. see people. And again, um, I don't go out of area. I'm really quite a focused person. I go out of the area by choice only and I always qualify it. I don't know the school districts. I can do the homework for you. I can do whatever. And they say, no, Christine, we just want to spend time with you. You're so much fun because I don't change for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a $500,000 condo or a $4 million house. This is what you get. There's no pretense. There's no nothing. I see every property in my trading neighborhood. I know most houses when I go on MLS I already know the house a lot of times they've traded three four times and I'll go wow that traded in like 1998 I think I remember that I wonder what they've done and I go back and check the history and I, I always shock myself that I remember actually
0: yeah, it's pretty but, uh, uh, because it's, you you kind of focus on an area you're just not
2: yeah it's not- I'm not all over the world and um you can't be all over the world I don't I mean I they always say you wouldn't go to uh to an optometrist to have your teeth cleaned. Right. You know, like you have to You Personally, I think specialization is still good for someone like me um, because I do know my area. I mean, people ask me things. I do a lot of off-market business because I'm very aggressive that way. Like if someone says to me they want to live on, you know, Bobby Point, um, I'll know of the 10 houses. Like I've got 10 houses right now that I'm perpetually... Dropping things off that saying, because I do have clients looking to live on that street. And I've done a lot of off market on that street. And, you know, there's an advantage to both the buyer, the seller, and a lot of privacy issues. Again, it's amazing. People will say, you know what? We don't want the disruption. We don't want our children or whatever. We don't, don't want to have to get our house ready. If you are willing to pay us fair market value and we can get this done, we're happy.
0: And you wonder, with that strategy going forward, just on a side note, if you don't mind me interjecting, off-market strategy in, in, the, in the era of COVID, um, you wonder if there will be more people that will look at wanting to be an exclusive or an off-market strategy so they don't have to deal with all the health precautions.
2: Right. Well, I, I think um – I think there's a lot of business that is traded, especially in the higher end market, off market, Mm. that we don't know about. I mean, um, I just had a large listing in the West End and set a record price out here. Um, And when I pulled up the stats from last year and I went from 9 million up and I went Burlington all the way to Oshawa, up to King City, Aurora, only 14 houses traded over $9 million last year in that price point like it sounds weird because it's such a big geographical area but that's all that traded but you know other houses traded and they did they just aren't on market
0: fair enough fair enough if you were to advise someone today to um get started with the amount of competition that we see today the open architecture of all the data the ability for um the consumer to bypass you completely to get all the information that they need. What would you say to someone trying to start in business today?
2: Well, I think realtors, I think you have to know your stuff. You have to know your community. Um, I think realtors really are more important today because there is so much information. I mean, my business is 50 50 buyers and sellers. Yeah. Um, every, there hasn't ever been a buyer walk into a house and go, you know what, Christine? Sorry we dragged you out here. We thought this would be great. But they can't tell that the basement height is five foot six. Right. They can't tell that. And I go, well, I told you. And I said, you should sort of listen to me. And they say, but we had to see. And I say, you know what, you have to do the late work. It's not an easy business. And I think there's a lot of late work that really has to be done. And you can't be lazy about it. But in the same breath, everyone, people come in and go, oh my God, it looks so much bigger in the pictures. And I go, well, HDR cameras, wide angle lenses, everyone is trained to make these places look bigger. You know, but you've, you're dealing with an 18-foot-wide semi. <laughs> How big can it be? <laughs> you know, like, you have to really, you have to navigate it for them. Um, and, and I think just, you know, when I walk through a house, I enjoy, I always go to my home inspections because I learn something at a home inspection every time I go. Um, and I walk into a house and I go, wow. At one point when oil tanks were the big thing, I think I had six buried oil tanks in the month of June when that all started in 2003. Um, And I just went, and now I walk into a house and when I walk around the house, the first thing I look for is the clip marks in case there was an oil tank. That's
0: right, that's right. And I
2: point that out and I say, you know what, there was an oil tank here. And they say, how do you know? And see, it's that little bit of extra value that you can add and you can say, well, when was the oil tank taken out? Was it an oil furnace? Was it buried? Was it inside? You can sort of see the block in the basement. You know, there's so much you can add to the conversation without just being on the internet.
0: That's right. And when you look at today, do you utilize the the internet to connect with buyers and sellers, or is it most, or or are you do you rely mostly on that circle of influence and social marketing inside,
2: off? Well, it's funny. I have a very small team. Um, I have two fantastic people who work with me um, and I'll put my little uh, jump in here. I'm my, my administrator left me last August. So anyone out there who wants to come work in the West end of Toronto, please God send me your resume. Um, anyway, um, no, I have two fantastic people who work with me. Um, Suzanne Hamilton, who's been with me for six and a half years. I knew her socially. She got into the business. She's like, Fantastic, and then I just um, another person joined my team, Barb Kirby, who is a 32-year veteran of the business, younger than I am, but lives and breathes real estate. So I'm lucky that I've got great people around me. But I said to them, I think a couple of years ago, I said, you know what? The internet is all well and good. We all get inundated with hundreds and hundreds of emails, and you get lost. I said, do something crazy. Pick up the phone and call them. Because people are so happy to hear your voice because all they do now is respond to text, re- respond to emails, you know, look at all the, the spam we get. And you pick up a phone and call someone and they just go, oh, my God, like, thanks for taking the time to call me. I hear a voice. And that's before COVID. With COVID, it's fantastic. For COVID, what I've been doing is I'm a flower person. Um, at Easter, and we didn't know how long this was going to going to go, but about 15 people in my sphere who I would say were main spiderweb people, like the web starts in the middle and they've given me so much business, but I knew they'd be at home. So I had one of my local um, florists, green grocers, bring in fantastic hydrangeas. And just to get myself out of the house, what I did was I picked up flowers and I just dropped them on their porch, rang their doorbell, stood stood a solid 12 feet back and just went happy Easter. I know you're not able to put your house together and you might not be with your family, but just thinking about you just, it was labor intensive for me. um, But it it got me out of the house too. And I'm an out person. I'm not a sit at the desk kind of person. I'm always out. I mean, people laugh. I don't online bank because every time I go to my bank, I talk to people and I run into people I know. That's right. I shop once a day for groceries, which is so anti COVID. But every time, yesterday, I went to pick up dinner for my husband and I in my local store. I drop in, I ran into three agents and we had great conversations. We chatted for 45 minutes, just car to car, literally talking about the market and staying connected with my colleagues and my peers. It was so important. And it's important to them and it's important to me. And I see my clients. I was in in my mask in my little store and someone came up to me and they went, Oh, Christine, the art of real estate. You don't know me, but I'm, you're still recognizable. So how did that put I my mean social marketing?
0: So that person didn't know you, well, they knew you, but you'd never met them. So you must be doing some external marketing.
2: Well, I, I, I print, I have for years, not as much now, but print advertise. Okay. A lot. I mean, my face has been out there other than my COVID hair. My hair has not changed in since 19, probably 98. I keep it. And people come up to me and go, you're Christine Simpson. I recognize you by your hair. Right. Wow. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Not changing anything other than the color.
0: You hold me to, I have am slick here now. I used to be short. Now it's, it's a, certain yeah. height, so. yeah.
2: now it's a lot of, a lot of product.
0: Right. <laughs> um, so that leads me to: Is do you think, as a, a new person, um, they should be doing a lot of print media in their local market?
2: Um, I think that to do maybe a nice institutional ad to get your face out there, it would be well worth it. Even though people say print has gone the way of the dodo, yes, all the young people are on the internet, on you know Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of that, but those young people are often going to the bank of mom and dad and mom and dad want to know that you have validity and you are going to take care of their investment and their investment is not only monetary, it's their child, right? It's their biggest investment is making sure that their kids are a okay.
0: I was talking with a gentleman out of Oakville. Um, he's on our podcast. You'll know him. Um, but he still does 50,000, uh, I think postcards, big, big cards every single month. Wow. 50,000. Um,
2: sounds like my friend, Mr. Cooper.
0: And, uh, yes. And, uh, we chatted about, um, and the reason why I bring this up, listen, I want to get into your mindset, why you perform, but the reason why some of my listeners are like, what do these people do every single day? They've been around for a long time. Like, what do they do? They must have a daily method of operation. And I, I, and, and so Cooper, Dan and I were chatting and he said, it's so important because yes, there's the segment of the population that is, is online. But when you look at who's buying and who's selling today, um, you know, at a million plus to your point, it's probably someone who's in their forties, 40 plus Mm -hmm. late thirties, late thirties, but they're still looking at print and they're like, who's in my market. Mm -hmm. And that really rang true for me because we haven't done any of it. Interesting. Yeah, really interesting. And so, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And so as I communicate with someone like you or Dan or Christopher or or anyone in that space, there is no magic secret. It's all up to who you are and what you attract your life based on who you're being. A little esoteric, but...
2: No, I know what you mean, but that's one of the pieces of advice I would give anyone, no matter what business they're in, is be authentic and be yourself. I mean, I have, I have physically watched people in my trading area, um, literally, their tone of voice changes when they're talking to a client or they're talking to another realtor. It's like, that is as foamy as a $2 bill. Like, and people eventually will figure it out. Right. You just have to be yourself yourself be authentic be yourself and the right people like you will gravitate to you
0: you know years ago i did this course and i was a facilitating a course and tools tips tricks lead generation websites and all these different things and I had someone that, you know, and this started this whole venture of what we do today you know why i know what to do why don't i do it and um and then I realized that there was something more to this business or something more to business than lead generation, tips, tools, tricks, and all the advertising that we do. There's an attractive factor that people become attracted to whoever's on the same is it wavelength that they're on. And I could send out postcards to your neighborhood and you do the same thing. And we will attract two different people completely.
2: Busy. Absolutely. I mean, we have a very strong marketplace. And it's funny. Um, Uh, there's usually five or eight of us, let's say if people are calling three people in and I never want to know who my competition is, but it's amazing the number of people that tell you who else they've had in. And I know immediately I'm, I'm a very good read of people. I know immediately if I read the seller, who's doing the interview, if they're going to go with me or my, my colleague who's maybe a little bit more numbers oriented and not as, lifestyle oriented, I know exactly who's getting the listing. And as I said, the only thing you can't buy is time. And if I know I'm not getting the listing, I can be in and out of there in 15 minutes because I know there's not a hope in this world that I'm ever gonna have a symbiotic relationship with that seller and they're going to choose me because I'm a strong, certain type of personality. And sometimes I actually say to them, I say, because I know it will be grief for me, I go, You know what you might want to try this person they might be a very good fit for you i mean there's enough business for everybody i don't want i just want my share i don't want greed i'm not a greedy person right and i just want to service the client and if servicing the client i mean i always tell new agents um if when we used to put clients in our car buyers the first thing i would always say to a new buyer if i was taking them around I've chosen these three houses on the parameters that you have given me. That's when we had three houses to show. Um, and the first, and I, the first thing I say to them is I've chosen them. Now, I'm a certain type of personality. And if after the end of these three houses, I don't feel I can service you and work with you to 100% because I do this 24-7 and it has to be fun for me then I will refer you to an agent who I think will be better suited to you. Well, it's amazing. As soon as you threaten to fire somebody, they are putty in your hands and they become the people you want them to be around you. So control your environment.
0: Control your environment. <clears throat> Tony Robbins said, the minute you have 1% more certainty than the person in front of you, influence them in a direction. Mm-hmm. You have to be very certain about what you want out of your life. Very, very focused. Yeah. a real decision. I think this is something that I am getting from you is that you decided when you entered this business to be in this business and um, were there times where you decided to, that you, you started to think maybe I don't want to be in this business anymore.
2: I've I'm, I'm never, I'm, I'm one of those people. I mean, I knew when the, I loved the garment industry. It was great fun and it was a wonderful experience. Um, I really l- love real estate. I've always said, and my husband would tell you the same thing, the minute I wake up in the morning and I begrudge going into the office or showing a house, I'm retiring You're up. from this field because there is nothing worse than someone who doesn't want to be present. And I want to be present for everybody. They deserve 100% of me. It's
0: a good lesson, actually. Christine, if I was to move to your area today and I yes. said – my name's Rich Fournier. <clears throat> I want to get in the real estate business. What do I have to do for the next 12 months to, to be in the business and not go bankrupt? What would I have to do? How many people would I have to talk to every day? How do I access my neck? What, what kind of advice can you give me?
2: I would say, what is your strength? What is your hobby? Okay. Join that locally immediately. You're brand new. You need to go where there's people. Okay. Um, I eat out five out of seven nights a week in local restaurants. I can't tell you a hot new restaurant downtown, but I can tell you everything in the West end of Toronto and people see me and people talk real estate and they see me out there. I shop locally. I clothing shop locally. I do everything within my community. And I think that's one of the key things. And that's why I'm well known is because I'm always there. And that's the one thing I would tell people like, Join, if you're into fitness, join Body Buster Fitness, the local one, like meet those people that are going or join the biggest club and get to know these people. Because that's how I'm a social marketer and people get to know me. Um, I would do introduction flyers. I, I have a flyer that I send out um, every two months in, in four key trading areas. And it's funny, The I started one of a part of one of those trading areas was 350 houses and i used to mail walk it myself once a month or my husband would do it um because that was in the 90s and there was no business um just but you you're out walking it you're getting it done um now of course i use the post but i do stats on the neighborhood and i break it down into price point and type of house so people get that and i'll get a phone call every time i I send out my flyers, I'll get a phone call from someone and they'll say, which house was that which sold for that? Or when you, between, you know, two and 2.5 million, you said there were four sales, which four were they? Like, people are curious. People want real information.
0: Got it. And they
2: want it localized. I mean, we all got the lovely CMHC. Globe article from last week saying the market's going down by 18%. And I think I had seven phone calls off of that Globe article, which had nothing to do with me. And by the way, I don't read the paper. And they said, what do you make of this? And I just went, I said, first off, you live in a very stable neighborhood. You're close to the subway. That 18% is taken across Canada. It has to do with Saskatoon. It has to do with, you know, BC, northern BC. I said those numbers, it's Newfoundland, it's those numbers are so skewed to just all of Canada. Yes, there are markets that might go down 18%, but it's not happening in Toronto. Right now, I think our market on, on semis in Bloor West Village, the last four semis that sold, all listed at 999, and they sold between 1195 and 1355. Wow. So that's a 25% increase last month in May. In Bloor west village
0: got it got
2: it so it's it's you have to be realistic and i i tell people stop reading the paper and stop believing it know your market and what's going on there don't generalize
0: don't generalize be a bit more specific niche down into you know particular areas so you would you know you'd be if i was to come into an area get to know as many people as i can Still, so you're talking about traditional farming yeah. um, in an area with print media, statistics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, working your way through that over time. Do you think if there's a period of time um, that you have to do something like that before you start getting some traction in an area?
2: Well, I, you know, in real estate school, they say have six months income. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going into real estate, have two years income because that's how tough it is. And if you don't have that, then make sure your spouse has a really good job or your partner or whatever. I think you need a lot more because it takes longer than six months to be known. Especially if you're new to a neighborhood, like you're just going to start to get traction after about a year, a year and a half.
0: It's not for the faint of heart. And I think it's not for the faint of heart. No, we entered a market. We didn't know anyone. Zero influence. Wife was at home with the kids and we just started.
2: And but you, had a, you have a big advantage there, believe it or not. One of, one of the things I've only ever said to myself and my husband, we have no children. Um, I've said, you know what? All these people that have these kids in the local schools, like they are so lucky. They have like immediately, you have two, three children. You've got two, three classrooms or, or four classrooms per grade. That's a lot of parents that you get to know. I mean, I often think to myself, if I had children, oh my God, I might have been really fabulous. We've done one deal. One deal. Parents.
0: In four years. Everything oh,
2: but, else is online. You know, and that's so, not... Really? Not, yeah. But something else that you might be too close. You know and, what... And I think that was an advantage <laughs> that was our fault. for me. Christine, that
0: was our fault. We- oh, Okay. You know, um, we, that was our fault. We just didn't focus on that area and it's probably a, was a huge mistake.
2: (laughs) Well, it's not even, it's not even focusing on it. I think that, um, again, sometimes maybe you're too close because you do get a lot of personal information from people. And that's why I think in that little school that my friend started, I did well because I didn't have a vested interest. I didn't have to, you know, I had a vested interest only in the people and supporting the people, um, I didn't have kids in the school, so you didn't have to worry that little Cindy Lou Who and Johnny were going to fight in grade three. And all of a sudden, you were close friends and you're not any longer. I was just like an independent coming in to help.
0: Got it. Got it. Now, your branding that you have created, um, the art of real estate? Real
2: estate, yes.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, that, it's a big portion of your business, I'm assuming.
2: Well, it, it, it stems from my husband's a graphic designer. Yeah. And he warholed me. And the reason he Warholed me, and that's why I keep my hair the same way because of the Warhol picture is um, because I knew Andy Warhol. That was part of the glorious 80s. Right. So we brought that into that and we became, I became the art of real estate. And when we could send out solds and just listeds, everyone would be a different art piece on the front with me, which was really quite interesting. Um, but it, when I branded that, I checked into it because I wanted to own it and Caldwell Banker owns it in the United States of America. So my patent lawyer, um, and I was, I said to her, I said, well, I want it for Canada. And so we spent two and a half years. I had to place ads in every small town across Canada in the newspaper, um, where there was a Caldwell Banker office wow. to say, I've gone for the exclusive rights trademark of the art of real estate. Are you complaining? Are you using it? So it took me two and a half years to get that registered. And so four times a year, uh, my patent lawyer does a search to see who's using the art of real estate. And we send out our lovely, if it's a page agent, I give them a call and say, by the way, I'll send you my trademark. Um, and if they're cocky and they say, well, have at it come after me, I go, okay. And I call my my lawyer and she sends them a letter. And of course, then they have to get a lawyer and they have to validate it. And it costs them a lot of money. And it's sort of sport for me. But I do defend my trademark religiously. Love the trademark. Whenever you want to get rid of it, let me know. Well a lot of people like it. It's funny. And it's funny, Christine Simpson is also a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. And we have a mutual friend and I own the name Christine Simpson. And through this mutual acquaintance, I should say an acquaintance, she always says, would you tell that Christine Simpson realtor that if she ever wants to sell our name back, I want it? I go, okay, <laughs> but I'm not likely to sell my name. I mean, that was the one piece of advice when the internet started in the early 90s that I gave to all the parents at the school. I said, do yourself a favor. This is coming. This is going to be so important because people were making up silly little um, – email addresses, like, you know, I love my cat.com or whatever. I said, buy your children's name, buy it and own it. Because in 20 years from now, when they're in business, they're going to want to own their name. So.
0: It's great advice. Yeah. Um, Last few questions about your business today and um, how much of your mindset has played a role in your production level? over the years it, it like do you do work on your mindset to keep it at a certain level to perform this competition is fierce in the Toronto market
2: it is it's crazy um I'm a really as I said I'm a structured person um I have three passions in life uh, one is real estate one is my husband and one is diving uh so I literally I work to dive and people know that about me. I just love to be underwater. It's, it's where I'm happiest. But, so I keep myself fit. I'm very scheduled. I get up every morning at 5.30. Um, I have my hour chat with my husband. We have you know 32 ounces of coffee, watch a little bit of local news to find out what's going on. Then I immediately go down to my gym. I have a home gym. I'm on the treadmill. I do weight training. Um, and then I come up, I and it, this hasn't changed in COVID, I come back upstairs. I get my, myself ready for work and I go out the door, or I come down to my dining room table. Um, and my day is set out. I always think of 10 people I wanna to talk to in a day. And it's really random. It's really random. Sometimes I just pick up my phone as I'm driving and I just spin the, spin the numbers and I hit it and I call them. And, and it's just out of the blue calls because I love to talk to people and then I've got the people that I have to call for business that I'm working with currently or, or there's houses come out or whatever. Um, and, and I'm, I'm a social person. I'm on the phone a lot and I chat a lot.
0: And I think there's a lot of agents who are undercover agents or they're in business and they're undercover people in business, right? Where they no, don't communicate every single day. This is a full contact sport that we're in. We mm-hmm. have a
2: lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not always just about real estate.
2: Right. And and I also I I call my colleagues as well because I'm interested in them, right. and I and I like to know what's going on. I like to call out to Burlington or I'll call out to BC or Calgary or whatever, and I'll say so what's going on out there, you know. I call my my friends who live in Calgary and I go so because they know what the pulse of the market is, and they're not realtors, but they're in other fields like banking and stuff like that. And I like to know what's going on in Alberta or, or in Newfoundland and. I it, I think it's important to, to hear from the source as opposed to reading the newspaper. Oh,
0: that's great advice. Great advice. So you're very regimented. You do farming still. Most mm-hmm. notes are a big deal. Um, your social network is your social capital. Yes. Right. Um, and is there any other magical elixir things that you have that oh. you do? That's sort of a...
2: As I said, I'm a social marketer. I mean, that was Jamie Gardner's whole thing um, at Johnston and Daniel. He, his whole thing was, Christine, be out there. Be out there, be out there, be out there. And he'd give me a thumbs up every time I saw him at the Royal Winter Fair in the box. Got it. You know, I, you know, like, like yes, you're in the right spot. Like, be seen.
0: Be seen, always be seen. Um,
2: Tom's story has a great line and great guy. I don't know if you've interviewed him, but a fantastic uh I'm going to say a young realtor, but he seems like an old soul to me. He says, visibility beats ability.
0: Every single time. Yes, and Tom has agreed to come on. I think we are, is it this week or next week, we'll be spending some time with Tom's story.
2: Oh, He's fantastic. I'm actually doing his video course right now. I think I'm his worst student, Um, (laughs) but I'm enjoying it. I yeah. must tell you, I'm enjoying it and I'm learning things everywhere. I'm not good at video. I'm the only person I know who does live open houses on video and forgets to put the video on and walks through for 20 minutes before I figure it out. So, you know, it's okay. Do this again. But yeah. you know, he, he's fantastic and has a lot of wisdom. He's, he's, uh, it's, and again, I'm sort of glad I am where I am in my career because if I was him to keep up with, that younger generation, the Brett Starks of the world, the Tom stories. I mean, there's a lot of really fantastic young realtors out there. I mean, look at Matthew Reagan, an out of control, amazing human being. I mean, I have so much um, respect for them and what they're doing and the way they're changing the industry. I just, I'm not trying to keep up with them on any level. I'm just trying to be knowledgeable.
0: Just trying to be knowledgeable. And I think, and like you said, they're, there's so many agents that aren't performing they're not involved they're not being seen um, they're just getting their license and really not doing anything and
2: yeah and you can't you, the other advice i'd have to give people too is with social marketing you can't as you know i mean you just said that with your kids in school you've done one deal in four years out of parents at the school um you can't count on sometimes the people that really know you you have to Find people who you're like-minded with, who have nothing to do with you. Yeah, you might have a common interest like scuba diving, or you or know, something.
0: I, when I think about what happened, Christine, it was um, I had a focus that I was going to. I made a decision that we we're going to generate business from the internet, and it became such a focus for me. And I think energy flows where attention goes. It was just like uh-huh. I'm doing this because I need my time to be with my kids, and I don't want to be. Right just to get business and and be out every single night if I'm not doing a deal. So I just got really, really focused on an area. um, And then I think it just worked because I was focused, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, that's on that area. I think it would have went well that area. Right. Like I think there's a, you never know,
2: you you never know, but you know what? You're not, you're not old. You've got another 10 years. You could expand now this, now that you've got the uh, internet down, you can expand the social marketing.
0: Well, I'm 46. And, uh, together
2: and be fantastic.
0: I'm 46, and this business does create lots of gray hair, so I'm, and mine's coming. Um, I appreciate you very much. There's very few people that I know that have been in the business 30 years and maintain a level of production that you have maintained.
2: Well, you have to love it. I mean, it, it's, I tell young agents as well if you look at this as a job, it's not a job. In my world, it's a lifestyle. I mean, another little adage, my husband and I have gone to the same event in almost 30 years of being together as well, in the same car, probably five times. We always drive independently. Um, he always says at the ballet, he's got the most expensive coat check beside him because I usually have to leave halfway through. Well, why should he suffer? So it's a lifestyle. And I, I believe in beck and call. I get lots of compliments. I call people back quickly, whether it's an agent or it's a client. If I get a phone call, if I don't call you back in five minutes, I, I'm praised. It, it plays on me because, again, time is the only thing you can't buy. And if these people took the time to call me, I want them to know I'm serious about them as well.
0: That's great advice. And that little piece of advice right there is that it's a lifestyle. You are all in.
2: I'm all, I am 100% all in. Absolutely, I go away. As I said, I dive. I've never dove in Canada, although I did say to my friend, you might have to go to Lake Ontario diving because I won't be going anywhere soon. Um, that's a little bit scary. But uh, even when I go away, I, I take, I've made a promise to my husband, we take one trip a year where I do not take my phone and I do not go on the internet for, say, three weeks. But every other trip that I take, I'm working. I'm accessible to my clients, and I'm working because I do care, and I want to know what's going on. I like I love it; I enjoy it.
0: It comes across, to be honest with you. And oh, thank you. And speaking to you gives me a little bit of a. Uh, it gives me some juice too to say, you know what? We're here to serve. We're here to help. We're here to impact people's lives in a positive way. And mm-hmm. that, that that kind of communication, um, I think, sometimes the, that the industry itself doesn't do a good job in in promoting that that we really do care we're trying to help you not make a mistake
2: yeah exactly and you know what i i hate to think of what's going to happen with all just the emailing of offers and and everything else and people aren't being you know explain the clauses properly like sometimes the the youth just says well this is the clause for home inspection this is the clause for this this is the clause for that well the market might be changing and and a vendor take back may become something that's going to happen I don't think in my market, but in a lot of markets, I mean, you're in a different world. Um, There's all sorts of things that you have to sit down and explain it. And, you know, just firing off something for a or DocuSign, and they fire it back and they think, oh, I bought a house. And then there's problems later. That's not really a great thing.
0: No, it's not. It's not. I
2: think it's a labor intensive. It's a time intensive industry to explain it properly.
0: I, th- I think it is. And I think, you know, even I, what I do like is like Zoom now. I, at least I can have a conversation with someone. face mm. to face. to Say, listen, there's the paperwork in front of you. Let's go through it line by line. And, exactly. And so this is what I'm taking away from you today, Christine. One, you have to love what you do. <clears throat> you have to be <laughs> all. Of um, you have to niche down into your market. Uh, mm-hmm. Socially, you have to love people.
2: And, yes. If, if, you're an, if you're an introvert, not the business for you.
0: Not the business for you. Okay. I, I do appreciate it. You know what I'm fascinated by is how important, um, farming and, and, and paper marketing is still such an important part of this business.
2: Well, I probably cut it back by 50%, okay. but it's still an important part of this business because again, um, I'm, I'm at a great stage in my career because a lot of my peers now are peers, say my age group, I'm 63 are looking to downsize now their kids are 30 to 35, so they're recommending me to their kids, but I've been in their life anyway because I was there when the parents bought their second home. And then my main fears, their parents are going into um, long-term care or have passed or whatever. So I, I've really got three pots that I'm playing in right now. I've got the youth who are fantastic and crazy and, texting me all the time and I keep saying hey I wake up and I'll respond at 4:30. please don't text me at 11 o'clock at night you're not getting an answer from me but I will text you back when I wake up in the morning and sometimes I get up at three because I am a bit of a I like I love my mornings um and then the people that are my age they pick up a phone and call and they call me about their parents houses so it, it's a fascinating age to be in this business and to have have the track record behind me, I'm getting a lot of cred from three different levels of business.
0: That's right. Right. And the last thing I'll take away is that you you're in this business for the long term. It's not a two year plan.
2: Well, I can tell you uh, jokingly, I said to someone after the first two weeks of COVID isolation, I went, this is the only thing I can tell you about COVID. The silver lining is I am never retiring. Ever because I would, I would, uh, I just, I'm not a retiring person and I don't like this isolation thing. I'm out driving all the time. My husband can tell I'm an hour at home and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for a drive. I saw a house come up, you know, on Wainwright. I'm going to go look at it.
0: Right. Right.
2: And he's like, you just want to get out. I went, absolutely. I can't stand it.
0: I agree with you completely. Well, I appreciate you so much. You've added a ton of value to me, and, and I know you've added a lot of value to our listeners when we launched this out into the marketplace. Thank you so much for being a professional. Um, well,
2: thanks for thinking about asking me. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I was sort of chuffed.
0: Well, <laughs> no, I mean, like, one of the reasons, like, I'll give you two reasons why I wanted to do, do this type of podcast. One is I'm really, I'm genuinely curious why someone's performing at a certain level. There's so many people in the real estate industry that don't perform. It's an 85 to 87% churn rate every five years in, in our business. So I'm, I'm always, you know, why are they doing? What, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, the level of professionalism in our business needs to rise. Um, and there is a select few group of people that are performing at a very high level that are extremely professional. I believe their voice needs to be heard because I think other agents need to hear this. To well, I'm
2: honored to be in that group, hopefully.
0: Uh, no, absolutely. So listen, I appreciate you. Thank you for doing what you do every day. Thank you for sharing some of your story with us. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out to you to have, if they have any questions, may they do that?
2: Absolutely. First off, if anyone wants to be my administrator, please, God, I'm interviewing. I mean, and it's not that I'm difficult to work with. I, I, you know, I believe people should have a lifestyle. My last administrator got four weeks off a year. I have summer hours. You leave at three on Fridays. I mean, I'm a, I'm have, sort of a, I'm a fun to, person.
0: You may have to go virtual next, though.
2: Oh, well, I'm going to. I'm going to figure out how to do these virtual open houses, but... Uh, Um, I do need an administrator to pick up the paperwork. I mean, it's it's ominous for me because I'm doing it all myself and for my team. That's right. That's right. So, but they can reach out, Christine at christinesimpson.com. Send me your email, send me your CV, licensed, unlicensed, great. If you drive, yay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really desperate.
0: Got it. Well, I appreciate you. And definitely there's going to be a few, uh, quite a few thousand people are going to hear that. So. Maybe they want to move to Toronto. <laughs> I'll move back down and join you. Who knows? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christine. Have an amazing day, and I look you to- too in person. Okay. Take care.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. That's peakresultsacademy.com call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.